Welcome to the Rainsville Educational Podcast. This podcast is used to help train and equip believers to become disciple makers to serve God's kingdom through the local church. Enjoy this next session as we talk about this week's spiritual rep. Welcome back to another week here on the rep. I pray that this episode finds you in a good place and that it encourages you as we dive into another one of the characters recorded on the pages of Scripture. If you remember the last couple of weeks, or the last three weeks really, we began a series of asking who is, followed by studying the life of the person of interest. In the first week, we looked at Melchizedek, uh, an elusive character on the pages of Scripture. The last two weeks, we've looked at the person named Martin Luther and studied somewhat of his journey from Roman Catholicism uh, to his what he would consider his being born again experience uh, when rediscovering the gospel. Well, this week I thought it would be wise for us to jump back into the pages of Scripture and to uh, meet another person. I think this one you'll be rather familiar with, but uh, it struck me in a new way uh, this past couple of weeks as I've read through and studied the life of this individual. And so let me read our passage and therefore introduce our person of interest today. This comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 28. Then he said, this is God speaking, Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. It's always been a really interesting passage to me, here where God is wrestling with Jacob. Even of greater notice is this kind of climax point of the story where God changes the name of Jacob to Israel. And I don't have to stress the theological importance of that, I think. But in order for us to understand kind of what this is teaching us, I think it's a good question to ask, well, who is Jacob? Jacob's name in the Hebrew language it literally means um, hill catcher or catcher of the hill. It's probably an out-of-date term that you wouldn't use very often, nor would I, uh, but it's one that really kind of describes his birth, which is recorded, I think, in Genesis 25. If you remember, there were twins, Jacob and Esau, and Esau was the firstborn child. He come out first, but here come Jacob behind him, holding on to his heel, uh, no doubt a foreshadowing of the type of actions that Jacob would do, trying to climb up and get ahead of his brother Esau. It's it's really this idea, I guess, of catching by the heel. It's the idea of a supplanter, or what we might more commonly think of as, as a cheater. And Jacob had a well-known reputation uh, for being a cheater, doing anything and stopping at nothing to put himself ahead in the game, to put himself ahead of a person uh, he was competing with. Uh, Jacob knew no boundaries. He was a cheater. And, and we see that most vividly, I think, in his stories with Esau. If you remember, Esau comes in from a long hunt, and uh, he's hungry, and he, you know Jacob wants his birthright. And, and Jacob basically deceives. He takes advantage. That's really a good way to describe Jacob. He takes advantage of the opportunity. The opportunity presents itself instead of being kind and generous to Esau and caring for his brother, uh, he takes advantage of the opportunity and sells him a pot of stew 
for his birthright. It's a ridiculous trade-off. It shows that Esau showed no, um, no gratitude or thankfulness, or no respect for his birthright. But it also shows the deceiving ways of Jacob, I think, as well. Uh, but it's only a matter of time in just a couple of chapters before you really see it come to light when Jacob dresses up like Esau, goes in before Isaac, and pretends to be Esau, and therefore steals Esau's blessings. And so whether you want to consider that cheating or not, that's definitely the way that Esau reflected on his events. If you remember, Esau finds out about this, and his response is somewhat natural. He's going to kill Jacob if he gets his hands on him. Uh, is he not rightly called Jacob, for he has cheated me these two times. So that's Jacob. He's a cheater. He's a person that's always been relying on his own self, his own strength, his own, for lack of better terms, street smarts. He's always relied on those things to bless him. He's always relied on those things to help him succeed. He's always relied on those things himself to help himself prevail. But Jacob meets a match here in this story that we're talking about uh, in Genesis 32. The verse that I read is actually after something happens. If you remember the story, the man who is identified as God uh, wrestling with Jacob, and, and when he sees that he's not going to prevail over him, the man touches the hip of Jacob, and Jacob literally in a second is disarmed of all of his own strength, all of his personal uh, uh, charisma and strength and power. It's just gone in a second because his hip is knocked out of place by just a touch. And then that's where we come to our verse. And he says, Then your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So he's changed his name from Jacob, which means cheater. He's changed it to Israel. Which our verse says, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. But if you look at the name Israel really in the Hebrew language itself, it really means God prevails. And so what, what can we make of this? Why does that say, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed? How has Jacob prevailed if his hip's been knocked out of socket? And, and what's the connection here with all of this? Well, I, I think it really comes to this, is that Jacob encounters God and though Jacob has for all of his life relied on his own strength to get him ahead, when he begins to wrestle with God, he is disarmed of all of his personal strength. And the only thing that the cheater can do is cling to God for mercy. Therefore, God says, now you have prevailed. Because we know from Scripture and from the unfolding revelation of God as he reveals himself on the pages of the Bible that we do not prevail by our own strength. That's not the point of this story. The point is that Jacob was no longer prevailing by his own strength, but was in fact prevailing by trusting and relying on God. Therefore, his name was changed from Jacob, the cheater, to Israel. Why? For he had striven with God and with men and had prevailed, not by his own strength, but by God's. Well, I hope that that maybe sparks some interest and perhaps you can go and study uh, this interesting passage on the pages of the book of Genesis. Uh, I hope it encourages you in your Bible study and perhaps maybe answers some questions you've always pondered as well. I hope that you have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Blessings.